Welcome to the Happiness Injection with me, Jeanette. And this is a Happiness Injection special. It's a recording from our Happiness Festival 2019, live in Birmingham. And this guy that's coming on is called Paul McGivney. Now, I saw Paul McGivney speak at a conference I was speaking at, a B1G1 conference, and that's Businesses for Good. And they everybody who purchases something from those businesses, they give something back. It's an amazing, amazing uh, way for business to function in 2019 and into the future. And Paul, for the first time, talked about technology in a positive way. And he actually made me sit bolt upright in my chair at the conference and made me really think about what technology actually can do for the human race. We're always so negative about technology and its impact, but there, Paul points out the positive side. Have a listen. Tell me what you think. Awesome. You guys are beautiful. Beautiful. In fact, can we get a selfie? Let's do Drop my oh, my drop at the start. How about that? Come on, let's get a selfie. You're gonna, you guys are gonna have to lean in. Okay, come on, come on, iPhone. Don't let me down. You can do this. Okay, smile. That's not gonna work, is it? You guys. You're looking on YouTube for the parkour guy, I know. So just get out your phones and take a selfie yourselves with me in it. And I want to try an experiment. You see, can you take a selfie while photobombing the people in front of you who are also taking a selfie? Let's do it, come on. Because the hashtag, and we're going to share the love to the world. Hashtag Happiness Festival 19. Let's do this. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. That's perfect. Now the world record for the largest number of people taking a selfie at once is 1,150. I don't know, we're close to breaking it, I think. That's awesome. So now you've got the hashtag for later on. Awesome. Okay, so that wasn't just a blatant act of self-promotion, because I'm here to talk about technology. Technology and happiness. Now, they're not obvious bedfellows, and that's why I'm here to talk about it. You see, what you just did there still blows me away. You see, the photos that you took with they're something like 75,000 times more powerful than the computers they used to land men on the moon back in the 60s. And they cost a thousand times less, although you wouldn't generally believe that, but it's true. So technology is a marvellous thing. And those photos, once you tweet them and use that hashtag to send around the world in an instant, if you think back to like seven-year-old me in the 70s, if I wanted to send my brother in New York a photo of the amazing event I was at, I'd have to take the picture and then wait till I got home and then find one of the envelopes and post it out and wait a couple of weeks and then choose the one that I wanted to send him and then get a copy of that and wait another couple of weeks. 
then post it to America and a couple of weeks later he might receive it. But now we can just do that in an instant and that blows my mind. And I think it's something that we, we kind of take for granted because it creeps up on us. And I can understand why we don't hold technology in the kind of awe that we might do, or at least that seven-year-old me might have done. Because we kind of have a different, difficult relationship with technology at times. You know the iPhone zombies? We do feel, even though we're more connected than we've ever been, we do feel more disconnected. Google knows what I had for breakfast. Google knows everything about me. Facebook knows everything about me. It can target me and it can twist my mind and manipulate me. And we feel kind of under control and it's oppressive and scary. And what about the robots and artificial intelligence? They're going to take our jobs. But I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. And there's a reason for that. Because artificial intelligence and robotics and automation can do all sorts of amazing things. But there's something they can't do. I know that's a tangent, but bear with me. Have you ever played Superpower Bingo? No, let's do it now, okay. So my man Superman here has many, many superpowers, okay? So can you guys shout out his superpowers and when someone shouts out the superpower that I'm thinking of, they've won the bingo. So, superpowers. Laser sight. Flying. Invisible? Can he be invisible? That's amazing. Super strength, that's good. What was that? His senses. Yeah, yeah, he can hear from miles away. But isn't it amazing, though, I don't think anyone has said journalism. <laughs> what is that? Whenever we watch any of the Superman movies or see the comic books, Clark spends a pretty decent amount of time writing articles for the Daily Planet, right? But we don't talk about that. Why don't we talk about it? Because, let's be honest, son of Carlyle, journalism isn't the thing he was born to do. Not even slightly. Now, Lewis Lane, Lois Lane is an awesome journalist. So, in an ideal world, Clark Kent would not be writing articles for the Daily Planet, but Lois Lane would be unearthing un corruption in Hell's Kitchen and all the kind of stuff that he'd be, she'd be doing so that Clark Kent can whip off his suit, spin around, show the S on his chest and take on Lex Luthor and save the world. Now, why am I talking about this? It's because many types of superpower, many types of superhero, and each of us have our own superpowers. Now, they might not be quite as obvious as the amazing gadgetry and richness of Batman or Wonder Woman's amazing courage and whip of truth or Aquaman's ability to take on vast amounts of alcohol. But they are still as clear and as bright and as important as the superpowers that these guys have. See, when you look through the threads of your life, the things you enjoy doing, things you spend your time doing when you don't have to do anything in particular, 
the careers we choose, the projects we take up, the sub gigs that we do. What we find is that there's a thread that runs through all those things. Now, they may not be immediately obvious, but when you look, you'll see. You may have to go deep. But when you look at the things you do and ask yourself, why, why is it that I love doing those things? What is it in those things that lights me up? What is it in those things that gets me out of bed in the morning? What is it that, when I do those things, I find myself in flow, I find myself in the moment, in presence, and time disappears. You guys ever experienced that? When we're in that, that space, when we're in that flow, when we're doing that thing that lights us up, it can be applied to many, many things. When we're doing that, we're truly in the present. And we're truly doing the thing we were born to do. And what I believe is that when we can find that individual talent, that unique ability, and we all have it, absolutely, and we find a way of putting that unique ability, that individual talent, to the good of the world, to the good of others, in the service of others, then what we have is our purpose. And when we have a purpose, we find our lives happening in a state, a state of happiness that's way deeper than the brief joy we may get when we share a photograph of our breakfast on Instagram, or even the joy that we might get when we share a special moment with a friend, because what we're doing is something that's deep-rooted. It's the work that we were born to do. Now, when I say the work we were born to do, when I talk about making a difference, when I talk about saving the planet, it can make us feel, well, what I like to do, it's not, um, it's not world-changing, it's not massive, but it doesn't have to be. Because the important thing is that when you're doing the work that you were born to do, when you're living your individual talent and it's working for the good of others, you shine. And as Marianne Williamson said, when you shine, you give others permission to shine too. And when you shine in that way, in your own unique way, and others do too, and then others do too, what you do is you start a movement. <coughs> and that's a profoundly moving and profoundly powerful thing. So what's this got to do with technology? There's a new wave of technology happening now, and there's a new wave coming. So if we think about the technology that's happening now that's really taking over uh, industries, artificial intelligence, robotics, the blockchain, virtual reality, social media, software as a service, all these things are kind of crashing in, and it kind of, can kind of be a little bit overwhelming when we think about what the future might be. And the reason for that is because of the exponential growth curve. So humans are linear beings. We expect things tomorrow to be pretty similar to how they were yesterday. And we project our vision of the future in that linear way too. But technology, back in 1965, when they were landing people on the moon, Gordon Moore, co-founder of Intel, he noticed that every year, the number of transistors we were able to fit inside a single computer processor 
It doubled every year. He thought it was amazing that for the same price, we could have twice as much power in a computer processor every year. And he predicted that that would go on for about 10 years. That was back in the mid-60s. And it didn't go on for 10 years. It continued to go on until 2016. And even then, computer processing power only slowed to 18 months, and it was still doubling. So what we have is this exponential curve of technology. And it matches to the uh, cruder curve that Andy was talking about earlier on. So when any piece of technology is born, it jumps onto this curve. And our excitement and our anticipation about what good this technology is going to do with the world follows something called the Gartner hype cycle. And it's exactly the same curve as the chart you saw earlier. So the technology is born, and we go, oh my god, it's going to change the world. This is amazing. Then we go, actually, it's a bit rubbish. And we go down into what they call the trough of disappointment. And then, because it's on this exponential growth curve, it does continue to rise until we find ourselves in the slope of enlightenment and finally at the plateau of productivity. They actually call them that. So let's, let's just follow a couple of examples. PCs. PCs came out in the 60s, the, the mainstream ones, and they went, yeah, PCs are going to change the world. Oh, you, you just play Pong on it. And actually, you couldn't even send emails back then. It was a bit rubbish. And then gradually, things got more, more and more powerful. Now they're just a way of life. So we're here in the advancement of technology in general. We saw the same thing with virtual reality. We saw it very viscerally with Bitcoin, when everyone was like, oh, cryptocurrency, and then it crashed following this curve. We're here. But in about 20 years, we're going to be here. When it's at a vertical, it's what we call the singularity. And at the point of the singularity, technology is going to be advancing at such a pace that it's going to be completely impossible for the human mind to be able to anticipate what's coming next. It's going to seem like absolute magic to us. It's going to seem like wonder. And this is the thing that scares us about artificial intelligence, which is actually running ahead of the exponential growth curve at the moment. But it's also the thing that offers us the most amazing opportunities. And we're starting to see the magic happening right now. We, crop um, we, we took the photos with the phones earlier on, and it was nothing. We, didn't, we weren't in awe as we did it. We, we laughed a little, and we sent the photo. That kind of thing to seven-year-old me would have blown me away. The magic of a face call with our children, a FaceTime call with our children, that moment of serendipitous wonder when the Spotify algorithm gets the soundtrack to our Sunday afternoon just right. Just the delight of a text from a loved one, just to let them know that they're thinking about you, just when you need it. Those little moments of magic, those everyday moments of magic are starting to creep into our life in a way that would blow away our, ourselves from 30 years ago. Now, superpowers. What does that have to do with superpowers? Because if we're in our purpose, and we're connected, and at the same time, technology is advancing in such a way that anything technology can consume, it will consume. Artificial intelligence will replace anything that's simple, logical, repeatable. Artificial intelligence and robotics will take the jobs that computers can do. But the things that computers can do are the things 
that humans weren't born to do. If you take away anything from what we do that computers can do for us, what are we left with? We're left with compassion. We're left with connection. We're left with love. We're left with relationships. We're left with humanity. And humanity is the next big trend in technology. And so, yeah, bring it on. Let's bring on the revolution. Let's let robots, let's let artificial intelligence, let's let it take away that aspect of our lives that distracts us from the present. Let's take away those moments that stop us from being truly here and from truly connecting with one another and from truly connecting with the work we were born to do. Because if we do that, 65% of children going into school now will have careers that don't exist yet. That's the, that's the advancement of the change. If we do that, what we'll find as the singularity hits is that what's left is from connection comes purpose and from purpose comes meaning. And when our lives have meaning and we can share that meaning to the whole world, then we have an age of meaning. And that's the next industrial revolution. Because happiness is here and now. Happiness isn't in the past, it isn't in the future. It can only be experienced now. And when we're in that zone, when we're doing what we were born to do, there's a well of happiness that just rushes up and it's completely unstoppable and it spreads. And that's the future I want to see in the world. That's the future I believe we will see in the world. If we can use our technology not to replace us, not to distract us, but to enable us in the emancipation of the divine feminine, which is what I'm talking to you about now. And when we do that, with good hearts, and with good intention, and with purpose, then I do believe that we can make the world a better place. Thank you. If you'd like listening to this, why not buy a ticket? Pop along to www.spreadthehappiness.co.uk and find out when our next annual happiness festivals are. And also, why don't you drop a review? Why don't you subscribe? And why don't you rate us? That would make me extra happy. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one.